0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brand Your Practice podcast, where you get to learn about marketing, growing, and scaling your private practice. I'm Brent Stutzman, and today we're going to be talking about how to do intensive therapy retreats. And to help me do that is Dr. Kathleen Kelly. She's the founder of Serona Counseling Retreats in Winter Springs, Florida. Welcome to the show, Kathy.
1: Thank you. So glad to be here.
0: Yeah. So we're going to be talking about how to do intensive therapy retreats because sometimes therapists want that uh, you know, that kind of side uh, product to be able to offer. But before we kind of talk about how you do it, I'd love for you to share a little bit about how you got involved in doing intensives, which eventually led to Serona counseling retreats.
1: I think that it is a unique thing to do intensives. Not everyone is trained to do that in school. So I felt very fortunate that when I got out of school and I started my regular uh, standard practice, I got exposed to someone who's actually doing intensives. So uh, because I had a chance to be mentored by this person, I got a chance to go down and actually bring some of my clients down into their you know intensive group uh experience so i got a chance to observe that and then uh over time i was fascinated with what got done you know there was so much able uh, a lot of breakthroughs were able to happen uh, a lot of uh, really wonderful ex- exercises and interventions that i can't do in an hour that were done you know over two or three hours that uh really just you know intrigued me. And so I got trained and, and I spent the next many, many years, uh, six years directly uh, bringing my clients down when working with him. And then when he had a chance to open up a, an addiction center, I went down and actually developed the program with him and worked side by side and in the room with him for another three years. So I got immersed uh, rather early on in my career uh, with the concept of doing intensive therapy.
0: Yeah. And I, and I loved working with you. So, for those listening, uh, Kathy's one of my clients, and we did a lot of branding work. And we've talked about, you know, accelerated counseling for busy individuals and couples. And, you know, sometimes people actually need more than just. Uh, one hour therapy over the course of six months, they actually need a real strong intensive to kind of get over that hump and kind of get some breakthroughs early on and then go into the week to week therapy, which we'll talk about in a little bit, because I just found it really fascinating some of the things that you were doing. So yeah, if you got if, if you guys go to uh, seronacounseling.com, you can see uh, more of what we do and how we've been able to brand and market, market what you do. Uh, so um Let's jump into a little bit because you typically do intensives anywhere between three to five days. But let's just go ahead and walk through what a three-day intensive looks like. So if you can jump in and share, what is day one? What are you doing with day one for those first seven hours? (laughs)
1: Well, I have, first of all, let me say how much I appreciate talking to other therapists because I, I think we have such a unique profession and I love uh, the, the therapists that I get a chance to work with. We all have this wonderful skill set where, you know, we spend a lot of time and effort and money to develop our skill set to work with these clients. And and what I uh, really love is the idea of being able to use that skill set in, in a different way. Uh, so this is the way I do it. Uh, I have also done it in half hour, uh, I mean, half days uh, sessions sessions and full day sessions Uh, and I've seen other therapists do this in like two hour sessions I've done that as well so this is not the only way to do intensives when you all have the wonderful skill set you have you can really mix and match and do intensives in any way you want but the way that we do it here at Serona is we are we're trauma trained therapists obviously so I've been doing this for a long time and uh, so we actually sort of fell into being a um, a, a place where people would go, other therapists refer their clients in for us to do the heavy lifting. You know, so we tend to do a lot of deep therapy trauma work and, and so therefore we do a three day program. So the first day uh, we, we do this, we kind of get grounded. It's like a little bit of an emotional assessment or a personality blueprint. We do a timeline. We start at when you were born to how old you are. So if they are 50 years old, we do five decades. You know, if they're 27 years old, we do two and a half. That's a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, uh, you know, do this first day full blown, who are you? And then we're looking at, um, you know, how are they developed, right? What, what went on in terms of the neurological programming, in terms of your sense of self, your sense of other, sense of trust and then what defenses and stuff that you developed in that second decade and then how did you work with those defenses uh, in your adult life, which tends to be a little version of rinse and repeat. <laughs> so um, we we get grounded on the first day. And then the second two days are what a lot of therapists, you all know what I mean when I say they're work days, they're working days. So these are the days that we take the toolkit that we have and we apply it to what this particular client's issues are. So it might be, um, you know, we do tops down and bottoms up work. So it might be that we do uh, some um, education, psychoeducation, we might do some body work we, we do a lot of body work we might do gestalt type of work we might do we do mirror work we do a lot of really cool stuff with the mirrors we have sort of a, a a standard kind of step-by-step process depending on what the the client's issues are but we start day day two with that and we we kind of follow through uh customizing it to the client's needs
0: got it So I'd love to jump in. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about what that timeline, that history looks like. Like, what are some of the things that you're looking for? Some of the questions you're asking to kind of pull out what you need to know.
1: You know, uh, uh, we were all taught, right? I love, I love again, I can ta- assume an educated audience here. We're all taught how to do a background history. And, and we are all taught how important that is. Uh, but uh, I did not ever get taught to do a background history like this. So I will often say to my clients, this is a two-way street. I'm, I'm doing this uh, timeline because it's important for you to tell your story. But it's really about me. <laughs> the first day is all about me. Because if I'm not grounded, I can't help you. So once I'm grounded, I will say, hey, I got, really good news. I got really bad news. Uh, The good news is I'm grounded. The bad news is I'm grounded (laughs) because now I know what I need to do. So you're in trouble. So what I, what the, um, the timeline does is I'm looking for, uh, so we are looking, asking questions, clients want to, you know, they want to tell you their story, but we're looking for particular things. So we ask a lot of questions people don't even think about, like, what kind of mother do you think your mom was that first year of your life? Like I will often say, uh, you know, people, jump to what they remember four five six seven i'm like no no no. i'm talking about like birth to one and and i'm, I'm like so who took care of you because uh, you know an infant's needs are all consuming so who was that and people go i, I never knew my mother's working well i'm like well i don't think she left you home nine to five so who took care of you like mm. and, and therefore i'm trying to look at well i think i had a series of six or seven babysitters they all came in and i'm like oh okay so before we even get out of the gate i'm looking at you know, ruptures in stability, potential ruptures in stability of that attachment. So I'm looking for specific things. And, uh, and, and I'm starting with that assumption of that ideal child uh, that none of us at really childhood, that really none of us have, but we're sort of looking at if, if all needs were met, what that looked like. And then I sort of do takeaways, like uh, what wasn't there, uh, either what was there and shouldn't have been or what should have been there and wasn't there. Right. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at that. And then I'm, I'm like, well, what did you do with what was left? So that's kind of what I'm looking at with that timeline. It's really to feed my need to know certain <laughs> things. <laughs> and I'm asking those questions to feed that.
0: Oh, I love that. You know, I think, you know, you, oh, you obviously know Susan, you guys really like to nerd mm-hmm. out on the.
1: Yeah, we do. <laughs>
0: neurological side. and uh,
1: On the developmental stuff, yeah. On the developmental.
0: And um, for those who aren't listening, Susan's my wife. She's a child therapist. She'll actually. Really good, go too. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah she'll, <laughs> she'll actually go back to conception. She's oh, like, were wow. you conceived naturally or was there IVF or, you know, something else that was going on there? Because mm. even then, like at from the very beginning of conception, mm. were you in a, conceived in a Petri dish? Yeah, yeah. Way, you know, yeah. Like even yeah. that, uh, she even goes all the way back to there. But I think that's so helpful. I would love, for, you know, I could talk to you forever on this, but I love, <laughs> you talk a lot about the child, teen and adult mindset is uh-huh. you're trying that that whole idea that whole history timeline is like you're trying to figure out major points in that um and kind of that trifecta the trial teen and adult mindset would you be able to share briefly for our listeners that's because that's kind of a working framework that you have when you when you when you work with clients
1: yeah it's so great because you're so educated about what i do which is really wonderful uh so as You therapists all know, you know, our field has really grown up. We know a lot of stuff now. We don't know everything. We still are learning stuff, but we know a lot of stuff. We have a right to be very proud of what we do, Uh, and and some some of that is complicated for clients. You know, they you know, are we going to be trying to explain to them what we know? You know, they they're not going to want to know the inner workings of the brain per se. Uh, So what I do is I hang a lot of the neuroscience and a lot of cognitive, a lot of the emotional uh, theoretical you know, foundations and the body work that we do on a foundation, a basic uh, structure uh, that is a framework, so to speak, uh, that uh, simplifies it for clients. So forgive me, therapists, because a lot of you that are trained will will know that I am simplifying this. But what I do is I basically say, look, the child mindset, there is no child inside of you. Uh, it is a mindset that you can get catapulted back into. It, it's a neural pathway, and it's a package. And when that gets accessed, uh, it comes with a way of thinking, it comes with a way of feeling, it often comes with behaviors. And then I'll say, so that is your brain never forgets what it learned, you know, those first years, that it doesn't always use that information because the brain is a prediction machine. So it doesn't always predict based on that past. But when it does, man, you find yourself acting and feeling like a little kid. Um, And so uh, that's what I kind of do is try to simplify it down. And then I I really look at that the hardest part in therapy, right, is to try to Access uh, compassion for that inner child or compassion for self, whatever that you want language you want to use But uh, that teenager I I look at the teenager Mindset as a a way to hang the defense mechanisms, right? So we all have that inner need to protect ourselves from pain and so rather than get complicated with clients I just simply say you have an inner teenager and that teenager is protecting you from the unique vulnerabilities of your childhood And that is your mother nature. That is your nervous system. You don't get to vote on that your nervous system Systems doing that, and so what are the ways? Some people project, some people deny, some people compartmentalize or intellectualize. Some people get really uh, aggressive; they get yelling, or they 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 get silent and they do the silent treatment. You know, some people drink, some people do drugs. You know, whatever it is they do. So I uh, look at that as that is your teenager kind of coming up and trying their best. You know, they're twelve depends how old your teenager comes in. So if your teenager comes in at seven, you know, your seven-year-old isn't exactly choosing the most wise (laughs) decision, right? Uh, I'm going to just never feel again and turn off the feelings. You know, that sounds like a good idea for a seven-year-old, but not so good for a 27-year-old. So, you know, then I go into the adult mindset, which is really what you learn as you get older. But but once those mindsets get in play, they don't always play well together. They have different go Goal, hidden goals they have different agendas they have different motivations so uh, there's that's where you sort of feel sometimes like you're fighting yourself like you know a part of me wants to you know do this but another part of me is terrified of doing it I'm going to get embarrassed or I'm ashamed or I'm going to take a risk and I'll fail but then I'm really mad that I'm not stepping up but I'm really scared to step up and what's wrong with me and there's this torturous ambivalence and that's because your mindsets are at odd your child wants to be safe and cared for and protected and mattering and and loved. your your adult wants to go out and do shit. oh, sorry. Your adult wants to go out and do stuff.
0: <laughs> that's so, fine.
1: <laughs> uh, can you be a therapist and not swear? I don't know. Yeah. but but anyway, that's that's kind of how I look at the mindsets. It just is, I, I use it as a way for clients. I'm a therapist at heart, even though I'm—I I really am a, a, a nerd out on on all this stuff. Uh, what I really, at the end of the day, want to do is have the client get it and and get it in a in a way that makes sense to them, that they can use in the moment, rather than, you know, in the middle of a conflict. All they have to do is go, "Oh my god, this is my teenager,"
0: you know. Yeah, well, I think I think uh, that's really helpful. So thank you, like because I think the most helpful thing for therapists is the education side mm-hmm. and the most powerful way. That you can do that is sort of like using kind of like analogies. So yeah, if I was yeah. on the marketing, like, you know, what's Disney Plus? How would you describe Disney Plus? <laughs> well, kind of like Netflix, uh, but it's all Disney shows.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, you that's, people get it. Yeah, exactly. It right away.
0: So what you're doing yeah. is you're using a metaphor to 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 communicate. Pretty complex ideas; otherwise, their brain is just gonna—you're yeah. gonna wash over that and you're gonna lose them. You're gonna lose them. And, so I love I'm that. Sure
1: other other exactly. I'm sure other therapists have had my experience where I used to do that. I used to try to go through the amygdala, docs to the thalamus, and then you do this, and then the body does that, and their eyes are glazing over, and they're like, "Well, how do how do I get rid of my depression?"
0: <laughs> I want I wanted to right. I wanted to go back because uh, you talked about the child and the adult, but you mentioned the teen at the very end. Where do you usually see the teen mindset? that's showing up
1: always almost always everywhere right. we tend to live in the teenager and and so uh, our teenager is like the, the coping defensive strategies right so uh, you know when it's working well for us, why would we fix it like if it's not broke let's not fix it So uh, a lot of people are walking around in their teenager because it, it works for them. It's only when the teenager no longer works uh, in the environment you're in. so let's say you grew up where you're a people pleaser and now you're in, in a position in a company where you actually have to start to fire people or you got you've got to start to give feedback that's you know more direct and all of a sudden, the the people pleasing that got you there, right? Because you were a giver and a thoughtful person, and you're always doing more than you probably should be doing. Uh, All of a sudden, now they're saying, hey, you got to be assertive, right? So now all of a sudden, your teenage strategy is like not working. Uh, So the adult is, uh, you know, the way I like to sort of talk about that is the adult is always going to be where you feel very balanced, you feel very wise, you feel like you're very magnanimous, you know, the adult is really where you're never losing your your You know what (laughs) you're 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 not if you're in any other mind space, you're not in your adult. So uh, the adult can be angry. The adult can be sad. It can have emotions, but it's not doing it in a way that's explosive or inappropriate to the situation. So the teenager is often where a lot of us live.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay, super helpful. So day one, you're doing the timeline, you're going in and you're kind of hanging your hat on some of these as they're telling their story. You're like, okay, this is child, this child, is this teen? You're kind of mapping some things for yourself. Like you said, day one's about you. <laughs> so you can get grounded in there, you know, because you you have a limited amount of time with them, although you have a lot. So let's move into day two a little bit because you you talk about you kind of have this, you're a trauma-trained therapist, uh psychotherapist, and um you have a toolbox mm-hmm. and and you off, you know, you you talked about sometimes you do psychoeducation, you sometimes do body work. I'm curious if you could kind of walk us through uh, what it could look like to have these different tools that you're using on day two, um, because I know on day three you kind of have to land the plane a little bit. Like mm-hmm. there's some things that you have to go through that's different from day two. So walk us a little bit about day two and some things that you're trying out and, and working with clients.
1: This is so great. I love talking about this. Uh, So uh, day two is where we now say, let's say that we you know, have done that. We've done the timeline, and and people come in with it We start with a wish list. Actually, we sort of put up on the board. What What would you like different if you had that magic wand? Shoot for the moon here. uh What would you want different? Walking out of the door three days from now, and so that's where where we go back on day two is we sort of look at that wish list and we say, All right, you want to like yourself more. You want to uh, communicate better. You, you know, you want to be able to stand up for yourself. You want to be able to feel your emotions. You want to be able to uh, not have anxiety, not have OCD, not you know. You you want to be able to, uh, you know, whatever it is, fill in the blank. So what be given, it, it, we stay very focused on what they want, not what we want. You know, all of us can sort of as therapists, we can go a lot of different ways. We can say you need to do this, because we know that they do need to do that. But they might not feel they need to do that. And that's, that's not on their agenda. So I, I want to really focus on their agenda. Now, most of the time, what they're saying to me is in their language uh, exactly what i know they need to do i'm like i gotta go back and help you develop for the most part a lot of times people have a very uh, tortured uh, or not very good relationship with their self and so they they are not on their own side and if you're not on your own side how are you gonna win at the game of life right so um that's really been disrupted usually because of attachment stuff or whatever so What I do in day two is I say, okay, how do I help? that. Now, all of you therapists out there, you you know that we got a, a pretty good toolkit on how to do that, and you all might have your own way to do that. Uh, I have a couple of different ways uh, to work with this, and one of the ways I do that is the mirror work. I I actually uh, have, um, through frustration, have found that if I put people in front of the mirror, and I have double mirrors because I use the child and the teen, uh, you know, foundation, so uh, I I had them sitting in the couch in front of these mirrors and I'm like, you ready to meet yourself? You know, and I put mm-hmm. them in front of the mirror because looking at your reflected image really does affect a lot of the way the brain works. It's just really cool. I recommend people lo- look at this. The group in Italy does mirror work. They're really pretty cool too. but. Um, so what you really are, I'm doing is I'm sort of setting the stage of that first contact. I want to try to help people kind of get back in touch with themselves. I want to know where they are. Do they really hate themselves? Are they kind of okay with themselves? But then I want them to really understand, looking at themselves, that dynamic between their vulnerability and the way they prevent their vulnerability. So let's say they don't feel their feelings. When I, I start asking questions or whatever, they, they can feel the shutdown. I'll have them look at the teenager and talk to themselves, and I'm saying, this This is a negotiation between you not me (laughs) you know i'm my style can be kind of humorous and i'll say sometimes i can feel my feelings it doesn't matter to me if you do or not Uh, it's up to you whether you want to do it i you know to me you say you want all these wonderful things but in order to get them you're going to have to negotiate with your teenager because your teenager is giving you the middle finger right now and saying you're not going there so you have to negotiate with yourself, and and so we do that. I also do things like I play music. I'll do anything. I'm. A, I'll, I'll pull sentiment out. <laughs> and they're looking at the child, and I play this wonderful song from Rascal Flatts called I Won't Let Go and it's like you know people start crying you know because they're like looking at their little kid going I love you I won't let go mm-hmm. you know so I'll do whatever it is I need to do to make that connection and then once I make that connection uh, now I can actually do other pieces of work so they might need to be aware of what their arousal level is that uh, you know people that know the polyvagal stuff I do a lot of that so I try to teach people what it actually feels like to be in their child mindset I want them to know the difference with what that feels like how that, th- how they're thinking so they can be aware of it and i'll put them on the couch and i do a lot of pat ogden peter levine body work where um i get them tuned into either micro or macro movements i might want to know uh, can if they've had trauma can they you know are where are they stuck can they push can they kick can they fight where where have some of the maybe the the big macro movements have have been Limited uh, or, or or repressed or or truncated, so uh, you know depending on what they need, uh, I'll I'll do that second day, and I do it based you know again uh, as many therapists will know there's going to be a. An order to that, so that's what I do on that second day. I do a lot of gestalt work, uh, so I do a lot of empty chair stuff, uh, and I do it in kind of a lot of different creative ways. Uh, and I am amazed at what some therapists do out there. I watch TikTok and Instagram. I think everybody is putting a lot of people putting some fabulous stuff out there, and uh, I've actually used some of those techniques that I've seen on on TikTok, oh, and, uh, like make me laugh, and I'm like that's a good way to do that, you know. So I uh, I will you know do the second day that way. Got it. Does that help?
0: Yeah, that's super helpful. Thank you. Yes, you're going deep. You're going deep. Yep. Well, before we move on to day three, I do want to let our listeners know about the Group Practice Scaling Summit that I'm putting on with Nate Hendricks from Navigator Bookkeeping. So if you started a group practice, well, you've probably started a group practice because you wanted to scale your income to be able to provide for yourself, or family, or scale your impact on the lives of your clients and the clinicians. Uh, in the community around you, or maybe scale a business asset that you eventually want to sell someday. But the problem is, although you have amazing clinical skills, you struggle with the scaling part of your business and you're not alone. Maybe you're struggling with the marketing, or maybe you're struggling with the finances, or maybe you're struggling how to create operational systems so you can work less in your business and scale it up. if any of those describe your situation there's a good chance you're probably feeling overwhelmed and you're wishing you had that key to unlock the solution to that problem and that's why we created the group practice scaling summit it's an intimate gathering of group practice owners to get fresh ideas and solutions to problems that are preventing you from scaling your practice and here's what you need to know about the conference it's april 23 and 24 of 2024 And it's a day and a half. So the first full day is, I believe it's a Monday and then we're going to do a half day on Tuesday because a lot of you want to get back to your family and two day conference is a little, can be a little long, but the idea is that we're doing a Ted talk type of conference where it's a ton of content coming at you. It's really thick. It's really good. It's real juicy. (laughs) And uh, you're going to, you're going to walk away wanting more, but we want to give you uh, a lot of great content up front. It's also in the beautiful Oak park Uh, community in Illinois. It's just right outside Chicago. It's at the 19th century club. It's only 20 minutes from O'Hare and it's only 20 minutes from Midway. It's easy to get to. And it's right next to some of Frank Lloyd Wright's uh, beautiful homes as well. For those who really care (laughs) about architecture. Uh, We're only, it's limited. The summit is limited to 50 practice owners. Um, so you could bring yourself as a practice owner, and maybe you could bring your marketing director or a clinical director or a practice manager, because it's going to be a great team building exercise for you as well. So to find out more about it, go to brandyourpractice.com slash summit. That's brandyourpractice.com summit to see the speaker lineup, including my guest today, Kathy. She's going to be diving into uh, her, her, uh, intensive method, the serona counseling method. So please go to com slash summit to take a look at the event. And we'd love to have you join us. All right, let's jump in day three. Can you walk mm-hmm. us through a little bit about what day three looks like?
1: Sure. Well, uh, so I was just training uh, two of my therapists this morning, and they they were saying day three is harder. Are you, you're always not really quite so sure about what we're going to do on day three, and that's because day three is almost completely dependent on what happened in day two. So uh, we we customize um, what we do, and and so if someone is has done a, is needing a lot of trauma work, and they need cleanup, I, I refer to it as sort of cleanup. Uh, that I, I'm not going to feel really good, nor any. Good therapist does, I'm sure, about trying to help people become, you know, step into their adult when there's a lot of trauma that we know is going to continue to get triggered and derail them. So, uh, if they really need the trauma work, I'm I'm cleaning up on day three and doing trauma work and preparing to bring them back to their therapist, uh, you know, to to really uh, sort of help them understand what's the what are the next steps, you know. So, uh, day three might be a real heavy working day, uh, and often is if I'm working with a, a client, especially. You know, therapists that refer, that I refer to me, and I know them well. Uh, they've usually brought brought their clients in with a list. You know, I want you to get to this place because they know they're going to take them from there going forward. So I will make sure I get you know to that place. If I have a, a clients who are not coming to me from a therapist, which I increasingly have since I've joined you, uh, I, I have now uh, opened the practice up, and I'm getting a lot more people, uh, and it's been fun. Um, now I really do have to land the plane, right? I have to sort of think, what what is it they they really want and, and how do I get there? And a lot of times it is this idea that for many people, because we've been in our teenagers so much, that what they want is is sometimes they'll have a list of what they don't want. I don't want to be stressed. I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to be anxious. I don't want to be OCD. I don't want you know, to be yelling all the time. But when you ask what do you want, they're not able to really quite know how to answer that. So day three becomes a lot more around, how do you, um, how much adulting do you really know? Do you really know what it is to be an emotionally mature adult? And so many, I mean, as therapists, we're not taught this. I mean, I went through school and didn't have a single class on emotions. Now, granted, I went to school in the 90s, but still, you know, uh, it's not, and, and I certainly wasn't taught to, what what an, an emotionally mature adult is uh, so i really look at this idea of emotional intelligence is knowing you know if you know better do better but but that's hard to do sometimes so uh, emotional maturity is not just knowing better it's doing better in the moment when you need it so i practice on that third day we actually spend a lot of time introducing what that adult mindset is and then spending a lot of time in real practice stuff you know especially i do a lot of couples this is really fun with couples but i'll do it with my own clients so you know we'll do it their way and then i'll say how else could you do this and they're usually like i don't know and so i will help and then they go back and forth and we practice and practice and and do a lot of that wow. uh, so um it's fun it's a day three is a very um it's usually an inspiring day. It's an it's a day that a lot of clients get embarrassed by, because they often say, I don't know a ton, you know, in terms of like, I don't know, I never realized I didn't know how to talk. I just know I didn't want to yell. But if I don't yell, what do I do instead? Hmm. What's what's my alternative, the brain doesn't do no very well, you have to, you know, okay, you tell it no, but then what's it going to do instead, it's not like it's going to go to sleep, you got to give it an alternative. And so that alternative is what I do on day three, like, let me teach this to you because people don't know it.
0: Yeah. It's so yeah. I mean, cause we were talking about, you're really, you're, you're helping them. You're strengthening new patterns really yes. in the brain yes. and their body. And so you're, it's like, it is like a workout. So like, mm-hmm. there is probably like, like, if it's like a strength training in some ways, but in the adult mindset, mm-hmm. which is really yep. beautiful. I mean, yeah. What a gift.
1: Uh, (laughs) you're going to be my pr (laughs) 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 wait you are
0: (laughs) well well, let me just tell you this uh listeners if you want to see some of the most amazing google reviews you (laughs) have to look up serona because the work that kathy and her therapists do is life-changing and they willingly go on there and share how their lives are changed it's really amazing the best I've, the best I've ever seen. Uh, And they just do it. (laughs) Um, So as we kind of wrap up here, so I'm curious, so how do you work with therapists? Sometimes you you said therapists will sometimes have like a checklist, like, it'd be great if you can get them to this point, because we're getting stuck in our, in our Mm -hmm. weekly therapy. But how have you partnered with therapists across the country as they send clients to in your team to do work?
1: Uh, So I started with uh, almost uniquely working with therapists Uh, when I was in my uh, own private practice. uh, My frustration, like many of you, I'm sure, was that I would have a client that that needed more than I could do in an hour and also needed uh, at the time I didn't have the training, uh, but I. Uh, knew that they needed more. And and so they didn't need a residential program, or they couldn't afford a residential program, or they couldn't take 30 days out, uh, you know, of, for, of their life to do that. They certainly didn't need an inpatient. So what they needed was high quality, one-on-one work to get through this particular issue. And there, I just couldn't find anyone to do that. And that's when I found my mentor, and, and he was doing these groups. So I, that's why I was such a fan, because I was bringing almost my, my caseload down to him for two, six years. You know, like, you need, let's do this. I was selling it to, to all my clients, uh, because he would create these breakthroughs, which then allowed me to continue on in my work with them. So you know, I think that's what is so important about the, the intensives is is working with therapists is that they will call me and say, um, you know, this client needs this. And and it's either because they don't have time uh, or they are really afraid uh, to, op- they have the training, they have the time, maybe even, but they're afraid to open up uh, and get the client exposed and not be able to close it down appropriately in two hours, you know, or, or, or even three, you know, uh, they don't do... 21 hours like i do you know so that's really how i partner with therapists is that you know they are so good they they know what their client wants i i much prefer talking to the therapist than the client sometimes because the client will say i want this this and this and then i talk to the therapist and therapist is like this is what they need and i'm like okay i got it Mm
0: -hmm. yeah that's great so they'll come and they'll work with you and then you'll do some heavy work with them but you send them back kind of with some new like patterns, right? So we talked about day three, strengthen those patterns, and you send them back to their client, wherever they might be, uh, to the therapist, and they're able to continue that weekly kind of inner work then?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, most of my, uh, my referral sources have been out of state, right? So I uh, would have clients flying back home, and and they would be so excited to tell their therapist, right, and and couldn't wait for me to tell their therapist, right. So I, I'd be able to call up and brag about the work they did. Uh, and then, you know, really, that there was a lot of times, honestly, uh, uh, the, the, the therapist then just took it and ran, you know, like, they would, you know, call me and say, this has been great. And but you know, the, the, the movement that they've been able to make with the client, they were actually to able to get to the issues they were trying to get to in their regular real life, where I did a lot of the you <laughs> the past stuff I did a lot of the cleanup and so uh they got the therapist really got a chance to do some of that fun stuff I'm doing a little bit more of that fun stuff now with my day three and 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 I will follow up with clients with phone calls uh I don't I do not take clients on regularly I I don't so I I need I need referrals and that's one of the things that's been great is I'm learning new therapists because I I need to refer uh all these clients that are coming in through you uh that that and through the website that um don't have good therapists or or don't have any therapist mm-hmm. uh, so i i'm really you know always scouring to find out how i can as part of what i do i find and hook them up with a therapist uh either before or after they do the work with me
0: yeah well that's great well thank you so much kathy for joining me and talking a little bit about how you do intensives it's really good and i'm yeah. sure our listeners have learned a ton and kind of got their own wheels turning a little bit too because i know these last year these next couple years you're kind of honing in on this this method that eventually might release out into the world and train Mm -hmm. other therapists and how to do intensives Mm -hmm. in the serona method so go ahead
1: ahead. well i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but i i I really think that therapists are phenomenal you know it's like i I have such respect, mad respect for my, my, my colleagues. And uh, we are well-trained. We put a lot of time and effort into this, and you should be well compensated for what you do. And uh, I think that uh, learning how to do intensives in whatever form you do, to use your clinical set that you know what to do, and it, and to take it beyond that one hour uh, is really valuable, just not for you. It's more fun way to, to work, but it's really valuable for clients. So I think intensives, this is how I do it. Uh, other people can do it in small groups. Other people, like I said, do it half days, full days. But uh, the concept of using your your talents, your skills, and having extended time to do that in, uh, I think is a really valuable win-win for, for and, therapists and clients.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, if you want to learn more about it, come to the Group Practice Scaling Summit uh, to learn more uh, from Kathy. You could also go to seronacounseling.com to see her practice and what her and her team are doing. It's pretty awesome. So, um, all right, everyone, all the content on the Brand Your Practice website and podcasts and other media reflects my own opinions and should not be taken as legal advice, financial advice, or investment advice. Please seek out the guidance of professionally trained and licensed individuals before making any decisions. Some links in the descriptions may be affiliate links. All right, folks, thanks for listening. If you found the conversation useful, subscribe to the podcast, and please join me again for the Brand Your Practice podcast.